We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, my people, KJ Podcast. Sunday night edition, San Francisco 49ers analysis. What is going to happen to Robert Sala? That is the number one thing being discussed in Santa Clara in back rooms with John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. You better believe Jed York is getting involved in these decisions. 49ers are now 2-10. They lost 43-16 to the Seattle Seahawks. Were completely overmatched most of the game. They had a couple bright spots. Basically, this is how the season is going to be. It's December of a 10-loss season right now. The 49ers are sputtering. They're not totally heading in the wrong direction, at least on offense. We're going to put a magnifying glass under Robert Sala. Is he coming back next season? It's not as easy of a decision as you think. Kyle and John Lynch are going to have a case to keep Robert Sala. I mean, fan outcry, I put the poll on Twitter. It's like 1,200 people have voted. It's 85% want Robert Sala gone. Are the 49ers going to make a move to appease the fan base to make change for the sake of change? We'll, we'll get in there, but let's cover the game first. We've been moving that to the second half of the pod. Let's actually start with the game. 49ers, they're down 20 nothing in the second quarter. Everything has gone wrong. They've muffed a punt from Richie James. They finally get a good drive with Jeff Wilson. He fumbles. He's, he's really stripped of the ball, and he can't get a good replay, and it was called a fumble on the field. Kyle was not a fan of that call. And then he said Jeff Wilson fell on top of the guy if you're calling it a fumble, so the Seahawks should have been pinned back further. Just an avalanche of events that this team was not able to overcome. A couple big takeaways. One, Dante Pettis looking like a star. It's going to take him time. I don't think he's going to be reliable. 
But I'm not going to lie, he reminds me a little bit of Odell Beckham, the way his body moves. He's a completely different athletic specimen out there. And he's the red zone weapon, I said, at the start of this year, the 49ers need. First touchdown comes 12 yards out. Little shimmy shake, stiff arm, cuts the corner, gets in the end zone. Second touchdown, 75-yarder, crossing pattern over the middle, just outraces everyone to the end zone. Nice block from George Kittle on the play. This doesn't absolve the mess that's on defense or why this team is 2-10, and ten, and we've harped on so many of these issues, but right out of the gate in, the, in this podcast, Dante Pettis does deserve a prop because the rest of the season, we've known the season's been lost since Jimmy G went down. What were you going to take away from this season? If you can take away Dante Pettis as a difference maker, as a playmaker in December, something to build upon. We know sophomore slumps better than anyone right now in San Francisco. It doesn't automatically mean he's arrived, but it's better than him not showing up at all. Five catches, 129 yards. Dante Pettis is big takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is I'm cool with the Nick Mullins experiment continuing. He only got sacked three times. He was under duress all day. Yes, the pick six was terrible. Bobby Wagner made a great play. Nick Mullins is who he is. He's a backup quarterback. He still did manage 400 yards. The yards makes makes it look like he had a really good game. I don't think C.J. Beathard would have been able to perform at this type of level at Seattle. There would have been a lot more sacks, possibly more turnovers. Mullins was only responsible for one turnover here. In my opinion, he's looked better than C.J. Beathard this year. The experiment will continue next week at home against Denver, then Seattle at home. You're really going to have a lot of home cooking here, and I, I think Nick Mullins is going to be the guy. So, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. If he shit the bed, if you told me it was 43-16, I would say, oh, Nick Mullins must have played terrible. He did okay, about as good as a backup is going to do at Seattle. And that's the whole point of this season, guys. Without Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers are 3-20. and With him, they're 6-2. and That's the NFL now. If you have a top 10 to 12 quarterback, you're going to win a lot more games than you're going to lose. That's the plan. As long as you're okay on defense and you're not missing on every draft pick. So again, we're not looking at record here. We're looking at things to take away. Dante Pettis looks good. Nick Mullins, we're going to continue to play him. Number three, DeForest Buckner. Got his eighth and ninth sack of the year as an interior rusher. That's the second most in the league behind, obviously, Aaron Donald. He's a monster. He's officially arrived, and it sucks. I mean, the 49ers have one of the best interior pass rushers in the game right now, and it's nowhere near enough to call them a good pass rushing unit. They need that much more help on the outside. How about your boy Cassius Marsh before the game throwing a Gatorade bottle into the stands at a heckling fan? Mayoko had the story. Apparently, the fan was heckling him about some type of magic cards that got stolen out of his car that were worth $20,000. Oh my. John and Kyle Shanahan have to do a better job of these people's personalities here. Ruben Foster last week, now you have Marsh losing his cool a couple hours before a game. Yeah, I mean, you flank DeForest Buckner with a bunch of eh guys. I'll say Armstead's been good against the run. Let's give him credit there. To me, Salman Thomas... Not athletic enough. If he gets in the wrong position, the play is over. Carson was just able to race by him on the edge. 
Yeah, I mean, th- those those were the three big ones. You had Pettis, you had Mullins, you had Buckner. And the 49ers turned the ball over like they always do. They couldn't get any turnovers on defense. Natural transition right there. The defense shit the bed early in the game. Jerron Brown, 45 yards, busted coverage week after week. Someone early in the game sticks a knife right in the 49ers' stomach. And they're bleeding and lose confidence right from the get-go. I mean, I'm ready at this point to call that coaching. I don't care who's playing safety. You got Tart back there now. Now he's hurt. Now you got Exum back there. You play DJ Reed back there. Kyle and John Lynch have not held Robert Sala at all with the personnel. He's got mediocre groceries and he's expected with this scheme to make a four-course meal on the Food Network with cameras on him. And he just doesn't have the groceries to do it. But at the same time, it's every week here. One side of the field early in the game is completely gashed. They did it again on a matchup with Malcolm Smith and Tyler Lockett had a long touchdown. I believe it was 52 yards. Yeah, it was his only catch of the day. Russell Wilson threw 11 of 17, and it still felt like he picked apart this defense. 52, 45 yards, 27-yarder to Chris Carson. Doug Baldwin had a 21-yarder. This is every week. This isn't a one-off thing here. The missed tackles was earlier in the year. Now it's blown coverages. They can't get any turnovers at all. Akilah Witherspoon dropped another one today. And you look at the stats, as I said earlier, only 185 yards receiving for Seattle. On paper, that looks totally fine, like the 49ers did their job. If you watch the actual game, you can tell the secondary is such an issue. Obviously, it's married to the pass rush. Those two together have to work in cohesion. They're not getting any help outside of DeForest Buckner and Ronald Blair. I just want to warn you, if you want to fire Robert Sala, it does make sense until you look at who are you going to get? You're going to bring in a whole new staff? What is your plan on defense here? Gus Bradley is under contract with the Chargers. He got a new three-year deal. Vic Fangio got a new deal last offseason with the Bears. Todd Wash, Jacksonville could have some shakeups there, but I don't know. They just shot out Andrew Luck today. When Doug Marone was hired there, he kept Todd Wash. They fired Doug Marone. They might be keeping Todd Wash. They love their defense there. I just don't see him leaving. Mike Pettin's probably going to end up becoming a free agent defensive coordinator. He's not done amazing things with the Packers. He has a rocky relationship with Kyle Shanahan. You're obviously not going to hire Rob Ryan or Rex Ryan. So I don't think firing Robert Sala automatically fixes this. You're not going to just bring in someone and expect all the fires to go away. And again... New system, new growing pains, new problems. It's not going to be a seamless fix just to fire Robert Sala. But as I've pointed out before, they're going to do something this offseason, whether it's a voice in the front office or change Robert Sala out. If I had to bet today, December 2nd, 2018, I am leaning much closer to them pushing Robert Sala off. And they they literally can, they're going to be transparent and point the fingers at themselves. We did him no service with Reuben Foster. We underperformed on the field. It's not entirely Robert Sala's fault. We feel at this time in our rebuilding efforts, there needs to be someone else in charge of the defense. It does feel like maybe they need someone more experienced here because outside of the Oakland Raiders dominant 34-3 shutout, the defense has been disappointing nearly every week. 
Even in low-scoring games against the Cardinals where they lost 15-18, they fell apart at the end. They fell apart at the end of the Packers. Chargers were able to push them around. Chiefs got up huge on them, obviously. Saw what the Rams did to them. They haven't been totally ravaged by injuries either. Buckner has played all year. Richard Sherman's been mostly healthy. Colbert injury, that's normal. You lose one starter on defense. Ruben Foster was a missed draft pick. Fred Warner's been healthy and good. Injuries is not an excuse for the defense. Offense has that as, as an excuse, and we're not really judging them, and they're still kind of performing. I don't have a black and white answer for you. I don't know who they would hire. Percentage of the blame on Salah, percentage of the blame on John Lynch and Kyle for decision-making, it's looking more and more like Salah's fault every week. Like, that's a 60-40%. They also are, I keep repeating it, the scheme, today's NFL, they don't have Earl Thomas back there. Okay, what are you going to do? Keep Salah next year, play the same scheme, bring in an older Earl Thomas, an older Richard Sherman, go 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, next year, go 9-7, and 10-6 the year after that. Then you're really finally starting to get confidence. It'll be year five of the regime, and your secondary is so old, you're not going to be able to count on these guys. Defense is the number one talking point right now in Santa Clara. Kyle needs to put down the offensive sticks for a minute and be sitting in the meeting rooms. I don't even think it's a bad idea to have Rich Scangrillo call plays one of these games to end the season. Give him a little experience. Let Kyle sit on the calls of Robert Sala. What is actually going on? Why are there communication issues? Why do we have 14 men on the field? Why are we jumping off sides at the wrong times? Where is the discipline? Why is Fred Warner out of position there early on in the game? Why are teams scheming us up perfectly? And like they made a couple good plays. They're pretty good at stopping the run. They're not good at stopping the pass. It's not good enough. And we can sit here all day and talk about the Reuben Foster missed draft pick, Solomon Thomas. I mentioned him earlier in the pod. I don't think Solomon Thomas can get these snaps next year. Someone productive is going to have to be in that role. He had a couple of nice run stops today. He's better on the inside. What are you going to do if you're picking two overall and Ed Oliver is the best player? You're going to pick an inside guy to go with Solomon Thomas and DeForest Buckner on the inside? They only have five draft picks. They don't have a quick fix on defense, guys. Jimmy Garoppolo changes everything. He's going to score closer to 26, 27 points a game. Can this defense allow that? I really think Earl Thomas is going to be in play, and I just don't know if that's long-term the right thing. But Kyle and John Lynch are saying, fuck the, the long-term thing. We need to get eight or nine wins next season. We need a really good player back there at safety. It's going to be hard to find in the draft. DJ Reed can't start there next year. You can't count on Colbert being dominant there next year because he wasn't looking good before he was out for the season. Plus, they put him on IR early with a sprained ankle. I don't know the particulars, if he's having surgery or not, but it felt like a really early IR to me with Colbert. Similar with Joe Williams, his first year. Like, hey, he could have probably came back. I guess they didn't want to hold the roster spot. It was going to be six weeks or something. Oh, man. Aye, aye, aye. This defense is a mess. It's crazy to believe, like, the Chiefs are in a worse spot defensively. There's a lot of other teams who are worse than the 49ers. But I think staying status quo at defensive coordinator next year and just bringing in Earl Thomas... I still don't know if that's ultimately going to be enough to build a championship football team. And this is literally here 
This can't be Kyle being, I'm loyal to my staff. Let's give these guys another year. You're talking about building a championship team. Did you make a mistake with Robert Sala? Is it time to admit that mistake now? You don't want a lame duck third year. If this defense comes out and sucks next year and it's hindering the team, Robert Sala could be a midseason fire. He's definitely on the hot seat right now. And it's not all his fault, so you kind of feel a little bit bad for him. If I had to pick today, man, I think they would. If it was today, it was the last game of the season. Let's say they finish 3-13. and They do get another win. Maybe it's Chicago. Maybe it's next week against Denver. And they have one more good defensive performance where they have a couple picks, a couple sacks, just like that Oakland game. And most of it looks like today. I don't think that'll be enough. I don't think that'll be enough for Robert Sala. I don't know if Jed will make the call. Again, I, I keep harping this. Kyle has got to investigate the situation. I get he's the OC. I get he's in charge of the offense. This team overall needs his view of what's happening defensively more than they need his play calling next week. That's the bottom line. He's got to get the priority straight here. The priority to close the season is understand what's wrong with defense Is it his play calling? Is it something that we can work with Robert Sala? Like, who is coaching Robert Sala? Is Kyle doing enough coaching of Robert Sala? I don't think he has enough time in the day to also know all the other personnel around the league. And that's the big picture philosophical challenge the 49ers are going to have to overcome is that Kyle's in charge of too much and he can't do it all. And he really might need someone more experienced on the defensive side of the ball. But again, I don't want a retread here. I don't want to just make a, a, a hire to make a hire. you got to feel good about who's leading the defense. It's going to be a tough-ass call that's going to change everything. Like Fred Warner in a different scheme. Is someone going to use him differently? Things will change. Buckner. And you're not talking about 3-4, three, 4-3. Four, four, three. You're talking more about the coverage schemes. Like I don't really care up front. They mix and match all the time now. People are talking about that. The NFL has changed. Who you're bringing in, are they playing at Tampa 2? Are they playing at cover 3? They're going to play man-to-man a lot more. I brought it up before, but Ken Norton was hired as an assistant coach. He was going to do linebackers. Then the Seahawks brought him on as defensive coordinator after that. That ended up being a huge thing this season. I think Ken Norton was going to be able to help Robert Sala a lot, be that coach in the room. Now there's not. They have D'Amico Ryans, who we love. He does. He can't. He can't help Robert Sala all the time about coaching and calling plays. Jeff Scanina is not going to be that guy. He's not a D coordinator. He's your D line guy. Jeff Halfley's been there a while. Secondary hasn't been good. It's not totally his fault. I know he's been a good coach. He's had a lot of responsibilities in terms of um, challenges with the Browns. I know he was their challenge guy. He would tell Patton when to throw the flag. He would be up in the booth monitoring the TVs. It's a big deal, obviously. Um, cleaning house defensively. I don't know. You're, you're hitting the reset button and could push yourself further or you could really cause year three to be bad. If you make the wrong defensive coordinator hire, it could get worse than Salah is what's scary. Like the 49ers are okay in yardage. They have a lot of blown coverages, but... It could get worse, and that's why if you see him retained, I won't be, like, furious. I won't be like, what are the 49ers doing retaining Robert Sala? I'll see their side, 
and wonder if they're correct because they've been wrong on a lot of defensive evaluations, including possibly their own coordinator. KJ Podcast, Sunday night edition. Point out some other things this season and Seahawks trends here. Trent Taylor looks a little slow to me. Look, he's still battling back pain. Imagine if Trent Taylor made the year two leap that George Kittle did and was the weapon this offense needed. Dante Pettis has been doing that a little bit. I think he'll come back down to earth and maybe have another good game. I don't think he's going to go on this big of a tear. And Trent Taylor is a slot guy. Your targets are normally a little limited out of there. But we've kind of got to stop calling him a slam dunk pick from the first year as well. Same with Colbert, as I mentioned. You're looking at that entire class right now, and you're only looking at George Kittle as a solid starter going into year three. Ooh. Ooh. So, I mean, when the 49ers lose 43-16, they don't have depth in things. They haven't hit home runs in the draft yet. McGlinchey and Warner look like their best picks out of 2018. Tarvarius Moore is playing a little bit. That's a third-round pick that we have no idea. Next year, Moore is not going to be a starter next year. He is such a project. We'll see about Jeff Wilson. I mean, Brita continues to play banged up. Jeff Wilson has a little bit of a truck stick to him, doesn't he? The Jeff Wilson, Nick Mullins, fourth quarter, fourth game of the preseason. That is your starting backfield right now for the San Francisco 49ers. I feel bad for Kyle. Clearly, he's wearing the frustration. If you watch his post-game press conferences, he's down. He's down in the dumps, 2-10, and 3-20 and 20 without Jimmy G, 6-2 and two with Jimmy G. This team, who knows, right now they're probably 6-6, six 7-5. And six, and they're right at that Panthers level. They're right at the you know Redskins, Eagles. I think they'd be a competitive NFC team with Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, though. Nick Mullins is going to have about the same number of starts as Jimmy Garoppolo heading into next year. C.J. Beathard is going to have a little bit more than him. It's a weird dynamic. We're expecting the world from this guy. Normally, you don't have a quarterback who falls off the earth after an ACL injury. Weirder things have happened in sports. I think we can all agree. We're frustrated as shit with the 49ers. We're willing to ride out the storm because Kyle's play calling, because of Jimmy G., because hopefully the number one overall pick is going to come in here, Nick Bosa, and tear shit up. If it's not a new defensive coordinator, I think if they keep Robert Sala, Earl Thomas is automatically coming. If they keep this scheme, this system, and Sala, they're going to overpay for Earl Thomas and have an older but wise secondary built for one to two to three years max. There will be a fall-off. You can't be a productive 35-year-old member in a secondary in the NFL. I'll be shocked. It's just not physically possible to be guarding 23- and 24-year-old receivers. Earl Thomas will turn 30 next year. Sherman will turn 31. But then what are you trying to become here? Just the older version of the Seahawks who they broke up and they're now building a younger, better version of themselves? I philosophically don't agree with this. I really don't agree with this approach of building your secondary with aging guys. But if they keep Salah, they got to throw him a life raft. They can't let this guy continue to coach without premium players in this scheme because offensive coordinators and decent quarterbacks 
will find the holes and they have every week. And it's the same story every week that we're rehashing about the defense. There were times, you know, early in the year against Green Bay where they, you know, they, they really turned in some nice second and third quarter performances. It hasn't been all hell with them, but um, they're the main topic right now. Kyle should not be overanalyzing Nick Mullins' film. He shouldn't be saying, how do we make Jeff Wilson really effective? I'm okay with studying Dante Pettis, but Kyle's attention should be on the defense. Please start tweeting that. Please make this a storyline with me. Kyle is too smart of a football coach. The 49ers, it's not like there's zero talent on defense. There should be enough there to prevent all the big plays from happening. And they should be making more plays. They should be in position to get some interceptions. Frustrating to watch. Status quo, if it's next year, they're going to load up. If it's Robert Sala back, they're going to have to use free agency and the draft and just totally infuse the defense with some more talent and help. Oh, tough decisions ahead. I don't I don't really want to be Kyle and John Lynch this offseason, especially if they're picking number two or number three in the draft again. They pick number one, it's probably going to be Nick Bosa. It'll probably be easy. Tough season. I appreciate you guys hanging in. BlueWirePods.com. It's not been horrible. There's been bright individual pieces. Jimmy G's not going to fix everything, but I do believe he walks in and this feels like a different football team. His leadership too. He gave people confidence last year. I don't think there's that person right now. Richard Sherman, kind of, but... You really have to be that guy, that quarterback. The 5-0 and December last season, Jimmy Garoppolo. It was like he touched people. He was touched by an angel. That can happen in football at that position. We'll see. We all know if this team struggles in 2019, Kyle and John Lynch will be on the hot seat for year four. The only hot seat we're talking about now is Robert Sala. He has a couple games to prove himself. Kyle has a couple games to see what the hell is going on and make a more informed decision. Those are your big takeaways. KJ Podcast, 49ers Analysis. We'll talk again middle of the week. We'll keep having guests. Listen to our other podcasts, BlueWirePods.com. Tweet me at Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. Appreciate all the support. Talk to you again later in the week. Peace.